Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ecom Sales Tax Podcast, a multi-state sales tax, a multi-state tax solutions production. In this podcast, our goal is to help e-commerce sellers and their tax advisors keep up with the constantly changing world of sales tax. So let's get started. I'm your host, Andy Johnson, the author of the uh, <clears throat> the uh, Amazon bestseller, uh, and it's called Start with Nexus. Dan, I couldn't remember the name of my book there for a minute. And I'm here with Dan, who is the co-host of this podcast, and my partner in the uh, as the author of the AICPA Multi-State Income Tax Course. Dan, welcome. Thank you, Andy. Having a little trouble getting started today. Can't say my words, evidently. But Dan, got uh, some interesting topics today, I think. Uh, I want to talk about drop shipping because we got this question. Um, <clears throat> let me find it and I'll share it uh, from a supplier. And they have a specific question about resale certificates and in a drop shipping scenario. So let me just share the question and our listeners are going to quickly see wow, this is really going down a rabbit hole. But we're going to step back first and talk about how to analyze this, and then we're going to give the specific answer to this situation. All right, so <clears throat> uh, I will change the names to retain privacy, but here it goes. I am a supplier who drop ships for our customers in various states where we have Nexus. So that's a key part because the supplier, uh, it matters where they have Nexus. Sometimes our customers are not able to provide an exempt certificate for a certain state where we have charged them tax. All right, so we know, um, going for, if you read the book, Start With Nexus, you would know that wherever you have Nexus, you should get registered for sales tax. And if you sell something that's taxable, you must collect the tax. Or in lieu of the tax, you have to collect a valid exemption certificate of which one would be a resale certificate, right? <clears throat> so, so far so good because she's saying that uh, we have nexus in certain states. So <clears throat> we're going to answer the question for one state and let's just say it is California. Okay. So she's saying we, uh, we have nexus in California. So when we sell a good, uh, we can't take a person's word for it that they are reselling it. We have to get their certificate. And she is correct. All right. So if without the certificate, she has to charge them tax. And that is exactly what she should be doing. And she has to charge them tax due to them, back to the question, due to them not being registered or having a sales tax ID in that state, California. So they provide us with their customers who we are drop shipping to exempt certificate for that state, California. She says, I don't feel like that is correct since we are billing our customer, not our customer's customer. And uh, that does seem like the off the top of my head type answer is that, uh, you know, you, the person you care about is who you are selling to. That's the certificate that you need. Uh, <clears throat> so she doesn't feel like that's correct. She, she thinks she says, I don't, I want to tell our customers definitively 
that we cannot accept certificates unless they come from them, you know, the customer, our customer, the supplier's customer. All right, and then she goes on to say that she has Nexus in California. And is this acceptable in this state? And so, Dan, um, first of all, I think it's good just to step back briefly and say, this can seem so complicated. And in this scenario, it is pretty complicated. However, uh, let's talk about how to analyze a, a dropship question because you have various parties. So um, you have the person, the ultimate consumer, okay? That's the buyer. That's one party. The buyer orders products from a retailer, okay? So that's the drop shipping company, you could say. The drop shipping company has no inventory typically. That's the whole magic of the drop ship business. The, the allure of it is you don't have to order inventory. You don't have to you know, keep it in stock. You don't have to manufacture anything. All you have to do is generate customers. So the customers come to you as the retailer. In some states, they call you the true retailer like California but you are the seller and you have the relationship with that customer. In the meantime, now, you, so you get this order, you get the money. The retailer then, the e-com seller, would then go to its supplier. Now the supplier may be another retailer. It could be a distributor um, or it could be the manufacturer of the product. So let's just say it's the manufacturer. So manufacturer, uh, you, you as the drop shipper, the retailer, the true retailer, now order that product from the manufacturer. Hopefully the price of the product that you're buying from the manufacturer is less than the price you're selling it to the ultimate buyer, right? So um, now you don't ask the manufacturer to ship that product to you because that would just layer on shipment costs. You say, uh, let's say you're uh, dropship.com, you're the e-com seller, your customer ordered a widget from you, you go to widget.com who manufactures widgets, and they paid you $10, you go to widget manufacturer, and you pay $5. When you buy it from widget manufacturer, you say, the name of my company is dropship.com, and my address is uh, such and such in the state of California. Dropship.com is not located in California for purposes of this discussion, but manufacturer, widget manufacturer is, has Nexus in California. So uh, widget.com ships the product to your consumer located in California. It never comes through your location, wherever you are, all right? So Dan, do you want to elaborate on anything I've said there? Uh, yes, I would. Uh, the and the uh, the first thing that we all, I always tell uh, my clients to start with when you're looking at drop shipping is the main as you mentioned the manufacturer is registered with the state of California. They have nexus with the state of California, and what that means is so long as they're registered, that they have to collect tax on every transaction going into California that shows a ship to address in California unless they receive a, some kind of a valid resale or exemption certificate 
or meet some other criteria. Uh, they, so regardless of who you're selling it to, if uh, the state comes in and audits you and they see goods going to California, then they want they either want to see tax on that invoice or they want to see a certificate of some kind, typically. And uh, it, and when you're whenever I'm looking at these complicated situations, uh, and and it's certainly a lot to follow along with, I usually recommend diagramming it out to kind of make it a little bit simpler. Uh, but all right. Uh, uh, <clears throat> that's perfect. I totally agree with you. Now, let's just talk about <clears throat> the psychology of, of the situation. So here we have uh, the tax person at the manufacturer who, who has a tax responsibility to the company. The company, their customer is <clears throat> this, the true retailer, the, the widget.com or the dropship.com. And so you always want to treat your customers as best you can, right? You want them to keep buying from you. They are your customer. So it's not like these manufacturers want to just kind of, you know, put it to these drop shippers. I'm sure they love the drop shippers. They would love to sell more. But they have to protect themselves from a tax standpoint. The drop shippers, on the other hand, they are reselling this product. And they don't even have Nexus in California. And so they don't have a way to bill the tax to their customer. They're not registered in California. So it seems really unfair to the retailer who is buying something for resale that they would get charged tax on this transaction. And uh, Dan, in this case, California, if tax were due on this transaction, how does California do it in a drop shipping scenario? Do you just pay tax on your uh, manufacturer's cost, or how does it work? Well, to add to your to add to your psychology example, the the state of California, in their perspective, they just want to get the tax, right. and they want it on the the final retail price. They'd be perfectly happy if everybody would register and collect tax for them. Yes. But since we're since we're not at that point yet, what California has instead said is is as a manufacturer, if you are if you know you are in a drop shipping situation that you you uh, need to collect tax from, you would collect tax from dropshipping.com and you would do it one of two ways. If you know the retail price of that widget, what dropshipping is selling to its customer for, you, you would charge tax on that price, the, the tax base of the final sale to the customer. The $10. The, the $10, right. If you do not know that, then what you instead do is you charge it, you charge, you would use your tax base as your charge to dropship.com plus a 10% markup. And that's if you do not have that, if you don't know what that final 10 transaction cost would be. So there is a, there is an assumed markup in there because the state doesn't want, the state does not want to lose out on money. They are going to get it from somebody and whoever's stuck left holding the, the bag and in this case, the sales tax registration is going to be the one that collects it. Good point, Dan. And, uh, you know, way to respond since I put you on the spot there. Excellent. All right. So now we're going to uh, fold in one more complication in this deal because, as you recall, the situation here is this consumer in this transaction, the customer, uh, the final customer is not the final customer. 
it's another retailer. So uh, what a tangled supply chain we weave. Yes. So um, not only is dropship.com se- uh, selling this for re- uh, buying it for resale, their customer is also buying it for resale. Now, the question is, the question we have here today is this ultimate consumer who manufacturer is not selling the product to is also a reseller and wants to furnish their valid resale certificate in California. And the question is, can our uh, questioner accept a California resale certificate from the ultimate customer in this transaction, the person who they are drop shipping to. Dan, I'll put you on the spot. What is the answer to that question? Well, Andy, I, I don't want to sound like a clickbait article, but the answer on this one may surprise you. The answer is yes, the manufacturer may accept a properly completed resale certificate from the customer of dropship.com. Uh, it is, as it turns out, going back to the, the state psychology, the, the state wants to make sure they're getting the tax. And if, you, if you're the customer uh, of, of uh, dropship.com, the perceived final customer in your transaction is actually not the final customer. And they are a California registered, and they're registered with the state of California. And they can issue a valid resale certificate if they provide that to dropship and dropship provides that to widgets.com the the manufacturer the manufacturer can exempt the tax on that uh, it's going to be a little tricky on the documentation but that actually is a state uh, uh, approved remedy and for our curious uh, viewers that can be found in publication one to one drop shipping and we will provide that in our show notes Dan, uh, my initial reaction when we were researching it to give this answer, and uh, you know, this is the type of thing that we don't know off the top of our heads. Uh, this is the type of thing we have to dig into. Uh, <clears throat> my initial expectation was that California would not accept a, res- a kind of a pass-through resale certificate. But on further discussion or thought, as you were talking about this, I remember that in California, the who is a registered taxpayer is very powerful. In other words, if you're audited in California and you buy something and you didn't pay tax on it, <clears throat> typically the state will just assess you that tax. But in California, if if that vendor you purchased it from is a registered California seller, then that is an automatic re, uh, removal from your audit because California is obligated to assess the tax to sellers registered in California. Um, So now that I think about it that way, I realize since there is a California registered taxpayer involved in this transaction, that is why they're allowing that pass-through certificate. Sound reasonable? Very reasonable. Uh, I've I've seen that very thing pop up on audit myself and – uh, it, my initial thoughts were very similar with yours. Uh, California is usually very aggressive. They don't accept uh, other states' resale certificates. It's got to be California. It's got to be a California number. But in this instance, 
because of, of their underlying treatment of, of registered sellers, uh, that, that, it, that really does make perfect sense because the, the state has that assurance that they're probably going to get that money in the end. And they're going to get it on the final sale, which is marked up all throughout the supply chain, which is really, that's what they're, it's really what they want all along. All right, Dan. Uh, <clears throat> so that hopefully will spark other questions and allow us to uh, answer specific questions that come up, but also generalize about them so it helps everybody just figure out what they should be doing for sales tax in a dropship scenario. So Dan, uh, that will conclude this week's podcast. Uh, looking forward, of course, to uh, hearing uh, what the Supreme Court is going to do with Wayfair as of this publication we haven't heard yet but we're kind of on pins and needles waiting for that so as soon as we hear from that we'll uh, podcast away on that topic as well so dan thank you very much and uh, we'll check with you next week my pleasure andy